Blog Talk Radio. Show right here on Caveman Radio Network. I'm your host, John. We'll be with you till 11 o'clock tonight. If you want to call in, you certainly can. 646-668-2372. Oh, boy. That's 646-668-2372. Uh, we have a lot to get to tonight. We have... It was an eventful weekend, to say the least, when it comes to the world of professional wrestling outside of the shit show known as, you know, Super Showdown. We will get begin into Dominion. As New Japan held their show the, uh, this past week, basically, one thing I noticed with Dominion, it laid a lot of the groundwork for what's going to happen next month at the G1 Climax. So, we have that to get to. We also have Impact held their latest pay-per-view this past weekend, so we'll get into that. We also have Ring of Honor. They are, was it two weeks away, I think? Two or three weeks away from holding their annual Best in the World event in Baltimore this year. So that could be the end of June, but we'll get to that. Towards the end of hour number one, in hour number two, we have Fighter Fest talk as more and more matches have been announced and all that. And then we have to get to what I think is the biggest idiot imaginable, and that's Mr. Vince Russo, who on his latest podcast turned around and did an entire episode on an apparent conspiracy theory that AEW and WWE are working together. So I don't I, I don't buy that one at all, in my humble opinion. Then we have WWE to get to, as they had their super their super I don't know why I wrote super super down. I, I should have called it super shit show because. Good God Almighty, that was the worst show I've ever seen. From the booking to just some of the, mainly the booking decisions. And we'll t- get into that quickly as we wait for Cruz to join us. But I thought when it came to, just give me one second. I'm just trying to finagle some stuff here right now. When it came to Superstar Showdown, or, you know, the Saudi show, whatever the fuck it was called. That was probably one of the worst events I had ever seen. You, hold on, just trying to, just bear with me for one second here. I'm trying to, I'm using a bit of new technology tonight, so just trying to, you know, work out some kinks. But if you want to call in, like I said before, you certainly can, 646-668-2372. That's 646-668-2372. What I was saying before about Superstar Showdown was this. I didn't get... Quite a few of the bookings. I didn't get quite a few of the booking decisions. I I guess we can start off with the last, with the um, probably one of the biggest ones is why the hell did Shane McMahon have to go over on Roman Reigns? 
I, I would like somebody to please explain that to me. What agent or producer or what the fuck was going on that Vince turned around and said, okay, okay, let's just have Shane get the win here. Roman is the future of this company, not Shane McMahon. Yeah, Shane McMahon will be the future as far as, you know, him him um, becoming one of the owners of the company once old daddy Vince there fights with us. But he's not a future. I did not understand that booking decision at all. I thought the crowd was basically dead as a doornail for most of the matches, except for Hunter and Orton. I yeah, Hunter and Orton, and you know, the massacre known as the uh, fucking main event goes with Taker and Goldberg there, which again, I'll, let's, let's, let's talk about that match for a second. I... I wasn't expecting a five-star match with that at all, but I also was hoping for something a little bit better than what we saw on Friday. I did not expect any of that to happen. I really was kind of sort of surprised, but not really. Because let's be honest, you have two guys right now in their mid-50s in, you know, Goldberg and Taker. But what I don't understand is why this has why it has to happen. Uh, give me one second. I just want to see something if we're working. Just give me one second here. Uh, if you're listening, please just, like, call in. Let me know if you can hear me. Because I don't know if people can hear me. But going back to what I was talking about before, we we definitely, definitely, I guess, yeah, let's get more into this whole Goldberg-Undertaker match. This was a botch fest from the beginning, folks. I don't know how else to put it. You had two guys who, and I did an article for this for CavianRadioShow.com, where I said Undertaker needs to retire. And this match pretty much solidified it for me. Now, again, this is coming from somebody who is a fan of Undertaker. So don't get me, don't don't think this is somebody who's been, I, I've been a huge Taker fan from the beginning. But the guy's become a shell of himself. He cannot be in a match where he has to do most of the work. We, yes, I'm, let's go back to 33 for a second here, when he took on Reigns. He didn't, that match was a subpar match, but he didn't work. He didn't, he wasn't the one who was the heavy hitter for that match. Reigns was. So the issue is, Taker at this point in his career just needs to retire. He really, really, really needs to freaking retire already. He cannot unless. Let me backtrack on that. The only way I would let Taker even get into a match at this point is if he's working with somebody who, if they get a win over him, it's going to help their career, or it's going to be somebody who can lead a match. Because as we saw Friday afternoon, Bill Goldberg cannot lead a fucking match. Now, I know there's been a lot of people who have been saying it's, it was a botch fest. It, uh, you can't take that away. It definitely was. You, Especially the fact you had the spear... 
that pretty much knocked him out completely. You then had, I mean, shit, go down the list. You then had this, the jackhammer that almost paralyzed him. You had, uh, I'm trying to think here. You had the tombstone that almost paralyzed Goldberg. Like, it was like, it was almost like, okay, I fucked up here. How much can you fuck up next? That The only decent match that we saw on Friday at the Superstar Showdown or whatever you want to fuck you want to call it, is you can say to an extent Hunter and Orton, because that was the one where the crowd was the most liveliest alive of the entire night. But on the flip side, as far as in-ring work goes, to me, you would ha- I would have to say Andrade and Finn. And, that's, and that was bad. Because I didn't even think that match was good. From, like, you know, tell, telling a story, it was fine. I wasn't really expecting, you know, miracles on miracles to happen here. Overall, I mean, I hope they stop this, these Saudi shows. Because basically what we're seeing is, is the WWE is getting a crap ton of money from the Saudi Arabian government. And the Saudi Arabian government is basically telling them, okay, uh, we don't want you guys controlling the show. We want to control the show. Because that's why we gave you the half a gazillion dollars we did to do this deal. Because why? And I go back to what I said ten minutes ago. Why, for the love of God, did you have to have Shane McMahon go over on Roman Reigns? It it made no freaking sense. And this this whole thing with... Mansoor winning. The money in the bank. The money in the bank. What am I doing? Take two. The 50-man battle royal was idiotic. Because as we've seen time and time again, when it comes to these fucking battle royals, they do nothing. Look at Cesaro. Look at Corbin. Look at Big Show. Look at any of these people who have won the Andre the Giant battle royal. The women's battle royal. Any battle royal. It's done nothing for their career. Shit, look at somebody like Mojo fucking Raleigh, for example. He was getting pushed to the moon, pushed to the moon, pushed to the moon. Also, he has his big moment at WrestleMania 33. And what happened next? Nothing. Nothing. So, I don't get this point of having... The only thing I can think of is what, what I go back to before. The fact that the Saudi Arabian government basically, or it was that the WWE basically sat there and said, oh, we want to play well by these guys because they're paying us a crap ton of money. It's like the old saying go, folks. The old saying goes. Money talks, as we have seen quite often. As we have seen quite often. I, to me, um, I, I don't get it. I mean, it's tough for me to sit here as a fan on on Wednesday, what day is today? June 12th. And admit that I'm still a fan of this company. Yes, will I still watch Raw and SmackDown? Yeah. I won't watch all of it. I, I, don't, I don't think I've watched the SmackDown shit in probably the last six months. I just watch the highlights on YouTube or I watch, you know, people's reviews on it and then I kind of gather my own reviews. But the thing is this. After what we saw 
Sunday, what we saw on Friday, then what we saw on Monday with Raw and Tuesday with SmackDown, how can anybody be a fan of this company? And yet again, how can anybody support what this company's fucking doing? I'm laughing. This company, maybe not 20 years ago, during the Attitude Era, was pulling ratings of 6.0 and, and up. Now they're freaking lucky at this point if they even get a three, which is unfortunately what's going to kill them come the Fox deal. That's what's going to ultimately kill them because Fox is going to turn around and basically be like, look, we want you guys to have a three rate. I think it's a three rate from what I heard or a four. And what we're seeing on SmackDown the last couple of weeks or probably the last couple of months you're not getting a four. Not at all. Again, you're going to be lucky if you get a two. Two and a half even. But I just don't... I don't get it anymore. I seriously, like, do not understand this. Understand this company. Or anything of that nature. But I'm going to try to find out where my co-host is. Because this is not normal for him to, you know, not show up. Hold on. Give me one second, folks. Just give me one second here. But I just, to me, I just, I don't get it with this company. And now, this is the thing I don't get. This is what I really want to get into. <coughs> Shane McMahon, as I said before, had a win on Friday for some odd reason I don't understand. So, okay, fine. He gets close to an hour's worth of television between Monday and Tuesday. Can somebody explain to me why the WWE all of a sudden now is pushing this guy? When he came back prior to WrestleMania 32, when he took on Taker in the Hell in a Cell match, it was a nice thing. It was, wow, look, Shane's back. He's been with this company in a couple of years, yada, yada, yada. Now he's become... Now but now my point is this. There's now been rumors going around that he's in line to possibly be the one to dethrone Kofi. We haven't seen a McMahon hold a championship. And I don't include Hunter in this because Hunter is only a McMahon by by marriage. I include Shane, Stephanie, and Vince. The last champion that was a McMahon, I mean, you go back to when Vince held the ECW belt. That's already almost going 10 years already. But there is a difference, though. Vince as a heel, he knows how to be a good heel. Shane as a heel, uh, I'm running the other way because he cannot be. He, he he seems not to have been there for that lesson from old daddy there. I seriously, um, I'll come out and say this right now. I'm, I've lost a lot of faith in this company. And if they expect me to still be a fan, which I'm still going to be a fan at heart, 
they got to really start changing their crap up, especially the fact you got AEW coming around the corner in a couple of months. You know damn well that all eyes are going to be on them come October. And you know damn well if you're WWE, you're going to lose a shit ton of watch of uh, viewers because of AEW. It, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm not telling you folks something that you don't know already. But I'm just also telling you guys the truth. I'm not giving you guys any bullshit crap. To me, AEW, and I said this a couple weeks ago on the show, is going to be what will... The success of AEW is what will be... It will be due to the the fuck-ups of the WWE. I seriously... I don't get this. I seriously do not understand this, agree with this, or comprehend how a company 20 years ago was pulling in a 6.0, 7.2, all the way up to an 8.1. Now they're lucky if they, I mean, Monday night in the third hour, they had a 1.9 rating. I will repeat that again. They had a 1.9 rating. But then, of course, you're going to get the people who are like, but they know what they're doing. Obviously, they don't. If they knew what they were doing, they sure as hell wouldn't be fucking pulling in at 1.9. To me, it's so ridiculous. It's really like, shit. I really, I don't get this company anymore. But we also, I guess we'll do WWE now, so we don't have to do it later. But we also saw on today's episode of NXT UK... It seems like the way that show's been going, I haven't watched it in a couple weeks, I just happened to turn it on today. It seems like the way that's going is that the big main event storyline is the two factions. You have the British strong style on one side with guys like Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, and on the other side you got Fabian Eicher, NXT UK champion Walter, and Marcel Barthel. Then all of a sudden we had a fourth guy put in today. And that would be former Sanity member himself, Alexander Wolf. Now, if you've been keeping up with the spoilers, you kind of know, knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. Personally, I'm intrigued by this on a fact of he really didn't do a lot when he was with Sanity. Even though, yeah, he had a few matches here and there, you never really saw him on his own. So I'll be the first one to admit, I haven't really seen a lot of of his work outside of the WWE. So I'm not sure how, he, I know of what he's like as a, as a tag team wrestler, because I, you know, in those early matches when Sanity took on New Day, he wasn't terrible. But in a, in a faction like this, with you got three guys, you got three guys in Barthel, Eichner, and Walter, who are all up and coming in this industry. So I think people, if you're listening to the show tonight, I would really keep my eye on that on that storyline, that whole angle, because it looks like shit's going to go down. <coughs> it really looks like shit's going to go down, because you got two factions here in the British Strong Cell and the Imperium that, let's be honest, that's your future right there, folks. When it comes to tag team, it comes to factions... Hell, it comes to the fucking WWE itself. This is your future. 
And I just hope the WWE doesn't doesn't screw this up. But again, it's also we're talking NXT here, so NXT really hasn't done anything to screw anything up lately. But we're gonna take a quick uh break. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into some. I guess we'll get into some. Uh, actually, we'll get into Moxley. So we'll be back right after this. You'll listen to the Comeback Wrestling Show right here on Caveman Radio Network. <laughs> Back to the to the everlasting comeback wrestling show right here on the Caveman Radio Network. But now we're going to digress a little bit. We're kind of jumping around the outline, so to speak. But we'll get into some talk now about Moxley. WWE really dropped the ball when it came to him. Oh my God! He, if you don't know what I'm talking about or who Moxley is, he used to be Dean Ambrose in the WWE. He basically, it was announced, I think in February, if I'm not mistaken, that he was not going to resign his contract. So, okay, fine. Then all of a sudden there was this press, this press release that came out, and it was really like, okay, he's really going to be done. Then fast forward to Memorial Day weekend. Me and Cruz, who you've heard on the show in the past, were in Vegas, and we're at Double or Nothing, and Jericho and Omega have a phenomenal match. They tear each other apart. Jericho cuts his promo, the whole nine yards, all of a sudden Moxley comes out. And then a couple of days after, we find out he's going to be making his debut in New Japan to take on Juice Robinson for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. I saw his match with Robinson. Oh my God. He is. That match, you can feel the strength, feel the, I mean, those guys, but you know what's funny? That's how you book a fucking wrestling match. When you got two guys who are cursing a storm, who are basically sitting there dropping as many F-bombs as they can, but also telling a story, which makes the title more procedural. Excuse me. And let's be real here. The IWGP title right now is more prestige than anything in the WWE. It, to, to me, the way they book it, it makes what the WWE does, makes them like shit. Let's just call it what it is. It, to me, it... I'm trying to figure out how to put this. To me, that's what, that's what a wrestling match nowadays needs to be. You can't have this... You can't you basically you have to have a fighting champion to have a belt be prestige. 
not like what the WWE is doing right now with the universal belt or any of the belts other than the 24-7, or as I call it, the Waffle House belt. But to me, this is where this is where it gets interesting now because he also announced, because he had a match at Dominion, I think. I'm going to double-check on that right now. He had a match at Dominion. Just bear with me one second here. He had a match against Shota Umino, who was, I think, oh, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page yet, so he's not that big yet. He had a 3 minute and 52 second match against him. That, that was more of what's called an enhancement match, a jobber match, a match that you knew damn well Moxie was going to win. It was just a matter of how long did he want to put uh, Umino through pain. Obviously, I'm not going to go through every match here because I didn't watch. I watched some of the matches, not every match. I thought the Jushin Thunder Liger match where it was him and Yoshihashi taking on Suzuki Gun. I thought that was a good... But you know, trying to know, that, was, that wasn't even a 10-minute match. And when it comes to New Japan, you really see a difference as far as a 10-minute match doesn't feel like a 10-minute match. I remember they mentioned this at Double or Nothing. And I forgot what match it was. Maybe in the Cody Dustin match. And they said it was I think it was less than twenty minutes. You don't feel that match is twenty minutes. And that's the one thing that most of these companies are trying to do now is you get these matches that are phenomenal matches that go ten, twenty minutes, and then you're like, Oh, wait a second. That didn't feel like twenty minutes. So that to me was a decent match. I also thought, uh, just give me a second here, we also saw Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Taguchi taking on the Bullet Club, eh, your typical Bullet Club match, I, I'm glad, you know, God, Gorilla's Destiny, were able to defeat Evil and Sonata again, which is actually funny, because it leads me to this, I don't know if you guys saw on... I think it was on New Japan's YouTube page. I think it was on their YouTube page. But after their match, Gorillas of Destiny, I think it was Tonga Loa, first day new tongue, was cut a promo after the match. And he turned around, he's like, we're going to lay out an open challenge. And he started just randomly naming off the teams. And two of the teams he mentioned was the Usos and the Revival. Revival, I can see happening because I still think they're going to leave the WWE eventually. The Usos, I'd be very surprised because they're not leaving the WWE anytime soon. Not saying I wouldn't mind seeing a, you know, Usos, Grills of Destiny match because I think it would be a phenomenal match, especially in ring work goes, especially the fact that they are both, you know, of the same family. So, you know, damn well, they can put on a good match. But... To me, uh, that's where my question lies with you guys. If you're the Gorillas of Destiny, and you've gone through pretty much every team, you've gone through Evil and Sonata a couple of times, you've gone through the Briscoes a few times, you've gone through, just go down the list. Where do you go now? 
do you go to Ring of Honor and take on a team like Bloodline? Not, not Lifeline or whatever the, the hell they're called? Do you go to AEW and take on a team like the Young Bucks? Take on a team like Best Friends? Take on a team like Angelico and Jack Evans? Take on a team like Dark Power? I mean, that they wouldn't... T- I hope to God they don't touch WWE. Do they go to... I know it would be very tough, but do they go to Impact? Take on a team like LAX? I mean, LAX Girls Destiny Match would be great. Because, again, you have two teams that know how to work well together. My point is this. You are booking these guys in Gorilla's Destiny in such a way that they cannot go against, you know, the smaller of the smaller. To me, they have to go against your big-name people. And unfortunately, if I was them, I think that would be me not going through um, New Japan anymore. I think they kind of ran their course with New Japan. And I think, realistically, I think they got to look, I think the one they go for, and this is just a guess of mine, is they go for an AEW. They go for an AEW. Uh, shit, go down the list. Here's what's funny, though. You go to They go to AEW. Do you realize any match, any team they go up against from the teams that have been announced right now, which is SCU, Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks, uh, Best Friends, and Helico, and Jack Evans, Dark Power. I mean, just go down the list. Every one of those teams, you're going to get a phenomenal tag team match. You really, really are. It, to me, it, it, it's very, it makes the wrestling thing very interesting. The wrestling world, I mean. That all of a sudden, just give me one second. I'm just going to send one more message. Just give me one second here. Alright, but let's go back now, <clears throat> we'll go back to talking about Dominion and, you know, what I was talking about before, you know, Gorilla's Destiny and all that. Actually, we'll get back to Dominion, we'll get back to Gorilla's Destiny with that. Uh, Offspray took on Dragon Lee, again, not a terrible match. Naito and Ibushi, these guys have wrestled quite often. Throughout their in both of their New Japan careers, and every time they put on another phenomenal match, as you saw that at Dominion, these two guys had a. Give me a second here. Uh, Naito and Bushi had a twenty-two minute and six-second match. That match. What was funny about that match? is you didn't really... That really didn't feel like a 22-minute match because you were on the edge of your seat. Because, again, this is where the WWE is having major issues right now. You have guys here who put on matches that went 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes. I mean, as we saw in the main event, which we'll get to in a bit, 
a lot of these guys have taken have been again in the ring with each other, so they had chemistry. But they still put on great matches. And to me, if I'm a wrestling fan, I may turn around and shell out 50, 60, 70 bucks on an event like I did with Dominion on account of I know I'm going to get my money's worth. They have, WWE has stomping ground, I think in next week or in two weeks. Obviously, I'll watch it because I, I have the network, but if I didn't have the network, I probably wouldn't be watching it so fast. Because I know the matches are going to suck. But here, here's my point. Here's my thing, though. Naito and Ibushi, it was a good match. It was a hard-hitting match. It was a match that you pay the money to see. You're going to be proud. I mean, I was fortunate enough. I saw both of these guys take on each other at G1 Climax. Not Climax. That's what happened in Dallas in July. I saw them both at the G1 Supercard at the Garden back in April. And holy crap, those guys tore each other apart. And this nothing changed with this one. Nothing at all changed. But then let's get to the main event of the night. Okada took on Chris Jericho. Hold on one second. It's my phone right now. Give me one second. Okada took on Jericho in a twenty, almost a thirty-minute match, and Okada was able to retain his IWGP title. First of all, did anybody expect Jericho to win? I did. I did not foresee Jericho winning this. I, because I, I would have found it very tough, especially the fact he is going after the AEW belt when he takes on Adam Hangman Hangman Page in two months. A little bit over two months from now, at all out in the end of August. So it would have been very tough, in my opinion, to have him get the IWGP belt. Not saying I don't think he's going to go after it again, because I think he will. <coughs> but to me, I think right now, it would have made no sense to put the belt on Jericho coming out of Dominion. However, like we also saw at Dominion, a couple of guys have put their names in the hat for wanting to get into the G1 Climax. And let me just take a look, see if anybody is officially announced. Give me one second here. I don't think those are announced yet. I don't think those are announced for a couple of more weeks. Let me just take a look here. Uh, okay, here, as of now, and this is as of Wednesday, they it's it's a couple of weeks where the first night actually of this tournament is going to be held at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Oh. At Dominion, we we saw Moxley, Shingo, Tagaji, Kenta, formerly known as Hideo Tommy, 
Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho all announce their intentions. Now, it, it's going to really make it interesting. If, I mean, I figure you're going to get, you know, Minoru Suzuki in there. You, I think you'll get Kota Bushi in there. You're going to get a lot of the other, you know, four, you know, other guys in there. But you may have a chance here, a small, minute chance, that going after Okada at Wrestle Kingdom next year could be a former WWE superstar. In Jericho, Kenta, or Jer- or uh, Moxley, so this could be something really interesting to see. Overall, I mean, Dominion was a great mat, a great event. It really, it was really. I'll put it right. It was worth it. It really, really was. But if you want to call in, you certainly can. Six four six 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 eight two three seven two. That's six four six 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 eight two three. Let's get over now to Impact Wrestling as they held their latest pay-per-view at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This this whole event was basically a way to bring back the Great Muda, who was in a six-man tag match as... Oh, crap, I don't remember. Let me look this up. Again, give me just bear with me for a couple minutes here. Just bear with me a couple minutes here because I forgot to write down the matches that happened. Well, before we get into that, let's talk about Eli Drake for a second. Eli Drake, it was announced last week, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but Eli Drake um, is now a free agent. So... It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Realistically, I think he shouldn't have been in AEW because you get fresh talent there, the whole nine yards. However, I could see him doing a stint in NXT, though. And that's where I think he realistically will end up, probably. Until he realizes that they have nothing for him and then he'll be off to AEW. But what I so yeah, let me get back to what I was saying before. Hold on, just bear with me one second. Okay, here we go. As we saw on Saturday night, we had the night uh, night you can't miss. Muda returns to Impact. So, we here was the card. Here's how it all got set up. The great Muda and Tommy Dreamer took on Michael Elegan and Johnny Impact. The hard, House of Hardcore champion Willie Mack defended his title against Rich Swan and Teddy Hart. Taya Valkyrie defended her title against Jordan Grace. Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Edwards in a Philly street fight. That match was... That match was coming off of their feud. They had, I think, early, late last year, earlier this year. That basically was the, it's what, if you go on YouTube and you watch the infamous bat hit, that's when where Callahan took the bat, was aiming for something else on Eddie Edwards, and basically took him out of his eyeball. 
and when you have the metal back on the neck like to your eyeball, it's not going to go well. But they had a match. Joey Ryan took on Billy Gunn in a touch-it versus suck-it match. Bolton and OVE took on the Rascals. Moose took on Luke.